Have you ever seen a movie that leaves you truly shaken or perhaps even shaking mad? The movie 12 Years a Slave had this effect on me. It's based on a true 1853 narrative where a free African-American named Solomon Northrup was tricked and sold into Southern slavery. And for 12 years, he endured the cruel suffering of his people that he had been spared of as a youth. There's a particular scene that angered me where the sadistic slave owner Edwin Epps forces Northrop to whip his slave girl Patsy. And Northrop finds himself standing on the other side of his people's history, having to crack the whip down on a back like his own, bringing devastation upon his own kind. This scene is heart-wrenching as Northrop begins to strike Patsy's exposed back and she cries out in agony again and again. But it gets worse when Epps gets angry that Northrop is being too gentle and Epps angrily takes the whip and nearly whips Patsy to death while Northrop watches helplessly, unable to stop her suffering. Welcome to Psalm 129. Psalm 129. They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Let Israel say, they have greatly oppressed me from my youth, but they have not gained the victory over me. Plowmen have plowed my back and made their furrows long, but the Lord is righteous. He has cut me free from the cords of the wicked. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May they be like grass on the roof, which withers before it can grow. A reaper cannot fill his hands with it, nor one who gathers fill his arms. May those who pass by not say to them, the blessing of the Lord be on you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel, and we're in a Psalm mini-series entitled, A Traveler's Guide to Glory. We're looking at the 15 Psalms of Ascent that pilgrims would sing on their journey to Jerusalem during Holy Days. And today's journey song reminds us that Israel was an oppressed people. Israel had a long history of oppression, starting with their 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And even after they were freed and came into the land of promise, enemies like the Amalekites, the Philistines, and later the Assyrians and Babylonians came again and again and afflicted the people of God. In fact, that is the reason so many of these ancient pilgrims are actually journeying to Jerusalem from a great distance. They were forced out of their homes, kidnapped, taken to foreign lands. It's no wonder they took up songs much like the slaves in America once did. You even have a cantor who calls out to the fellow pilgrims. He says, They have greatly oppressed me from my youth. Now let Israel say. And they would repeat that line, but then add, They have not gained victory over me. I find this quite impressive because they go on to talk about how the plowmen have plowed their backs with long furrows. They're remembering a picture of sickening torture that their people met. In the same way one would take a blade of a plow and dig into a field and go up and down, up and down, their backs have received the same treatment from their oppressors. I know some of us might well understand this. You have scars that you bear, maybe even from your youth. I've been fortunate enough not to have this happen to me, but as a foster parent, I've witnessed the scars and bruises, the belt marks on the backs of little ones. How do you think that makes me feel? Do you think I notice the marks on a young body and think to myself, no big deal? Of course not. But I say this because some folks assume that Christians are always lovey-dovey because we're called to turn the other cheek. But Psalm 129 tells us we are not supposed to be okay with oppression. 
particularly when it comes against the people of God, against Zion. The church today, friends, just like the Old Testament pilgrims, faces present threats. All over the world this is happening, and we are not to turn a blind eye. This is why the pilgrim begins to pray that Zion haters will be turned back in shame, and more that they will wither up and die like grass on a roof, that they never receive blessing from anyone. This is not a lovey-dovey prayer. But Joel, shouldn't we pray for them to repent? Absolutely. But some wicked people hate the church and will not repent. And if you see your sisters and your brothers' backs being bent and them being struck, I hope you'll not simply stand by and choose to be lovey-dovey. This is no personal vendetta. Out of love for God's people, we can and should pray that God bring judgment and devastation upon wicked men. I will close with a word for you who bear the scars of the oppressors. There is purpose in those scars. Israel's people had their backs plowed for century after century. And think about the result. Our Lord Jesus was the harvest, and he gained the victory. And how did he do it? He left his godness behind to become a slave, Philippians 2.7. And he gave up his back to those who struck him, Isaiah 50, verse 6. Which means that he understands all our suffering. And at the cross of Calvary, he triumphed over our greatest enemies, sin, death, and the devil. And he was raised from the dead. And friend, if you've taken hold of him by faith, you too will find that all your scars will become beauty marks in the glory that awaits. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to.